Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, it's hot as shit, Caitlin. It is hot as shit. We're supposed to have another big thunderstorm coming in, so oh, I'm kind fun. of looking forward to it as yeah. maybe a little bit of a reprieve from the heat, but oh, I just want to die. <laughs> all the time it's really i mean i've gone to disney world and experienced Mm -hmm. like the humidity in florida and it's like okay yeah this sucks and now we're at about that level here oh wow you just roll out and it's like seven in the morning and you just are immediately covered in sweat and you just gross and yucky and you walk from one end of the building to the next and you're exhausted and can't do anything else for the rest of the day (laughs) oh my gosh you poor thing (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> so uh on this hot day, what are we drinking? We're drinking oh we're drinking <laughs> Harvey Wallbangers, which this is something I've always heard of, never mm-hmm. knew what it was. Same. And we had this dumb bottle of Galliano La Authentico. I don't know how you say it. It's this Italian liqueur that looks really beautiful and has this gorgeous mm-hmm. bottle and so i bought it thinking it's got to be, be great and then i like opened it and smelled it and realized it smelled just like licorice black licorice and i was just like oh this is gonna be gross so we had to figure out some cocktail <laughs> to make with it so you could share yeah. in my pain Galen. yep so what this is and it's probably maybe the galliano talking but it's actually beginning to grow on me a little bit (laughs) okay so okay so this is essentially a screwdriver with this herbal liqueur in it so it's about an ounce and a half of vodka a half ounce of the galliano and like Mm -hmm. four ounces of orange juice but what it turns out that galliano is supposed to be a floater on Mm -hmm. top and so I think it's just like it's supposed to slowly seep into your drink and not be, be mixed in. Uh, yeah. And so I mixed it in and was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a very strange flavor. <laughs> yeah. Anything but, with a licorice, it's a very distinctive flavor. Licorice is very. Yeah. yeah there's no getting around it. It's in there. Yeah. yeah. So now I want to try because, damn it, I have a huge bottle of it and I want to mm-hmm. make some sort of delicious cocktail. Do I see myself making a lot of Harvey Wallbangers? No. Yeah. But what I'm hoping is I'm going to try adding it to root beer because it has sort of similar notes. So we'll okay. see. How that... I didn't have any root beer. Otherwise, I would. I don't it. either. I I could see root beer. I do like root beer. So maybe maybe we'll have a redemption of this liqueur. I guess it'd be like trying to make a cocktail with Jägermeister. See, I hate Jäger. I yeah. really do. I can't. You know what we used to do. Oh my God. This takes me back. Oh gosh. I lived in my apartment. So this was like about 20 years ago or something mm-hmm. when Dance Dance Revolution first came yes! out at home. Oh my God. Oh, we would get a Dr. Pepper and a bottle of Jaeger and just be taking shots of Jaeger. And then like you chase it with Dr. Pepper. It's actually pretty good. So yeah. And then we would just play Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> Until fucking 4 a.m. or something. I love that. Gosh, Michelle, we missed out. We're too... I know. We could have partied so hard together. Right? Alas. Now... Now, now we podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's just have the good. majors that I used to have. 
honestly I don't either like I, <laughs> after 30 I'm like mm, mm. just the idea of like getting beyond that third cocktail is even hard yeah. it's like, mm, I'm done I'm probably gonna go to bed early now <laughs> mm-hmm. I do like all these things before bed to make sure I don't try to get a hangover yeah water you know electrolytes medicine <laughs> and then I can slowly lay myself down to sleep my gosh what happened, uh, Caitlin? What happened? We're old. Yeah. Old. Yeah. It sucks. All anyway. right. It doesn't okay. give their age, but they have an adult son. So. Okay. So probably my age. So thanks, Caitlin. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is November 27th, 2022. Okay. And it's in, I'm going to say this wrong. I apologize. <laughs> Paul Michelle and it's in um Ogilvy Ogilvy I looked it up and I totally forgot already Minnesota we're in Minnesota okay Minnesota Minnesota (laughs) all right so Jeff he owns an auto shop and helps out at the local raceway and oh wait sorry I didn't say their names yet I just said their I know sorry this is story wow maybe I shouldn't have screwdrivers okay <laughs> or whatever it's called uh oh, nope Harvey Wallbangers there it is there it is all right this story is about I guess oh, crazy popular in the 70s and like this is from the 70s sorry I'm done okay this story is about Jeff and Becky her name's Rebecca but she goes by Becky Okay, okay. So Jeff owns an auto shop and helps out at a local raceway and is a volunteer firefighter. Mm. Becky is a surgical technician and a Sunday school teacher, and she also helps with 4-H. Okay, so they're yeah. pretty busy, it sounds like. Yeah, and they're really they're big in their community. Yeah, nice. great. On this day of November 27th, is a little before 4 a.m. Okay. And they are asleep in their bed. But this is when a man breaks in and attacks a sleeping couple with a hammer. What? He randomly, he just starts hitting them repeatedly, just striking them in the head and face over and over and over again. Oh my God. Right? Ugh. Charles Sam, so Charles is Becky's son. And he was in the home on the bottom floor with his girlfriend, Jerry Lesarge. Okay. So Charles hears commotion, yelling, thumping, all that. So he is running up the stairs, and at the top of the stairs, he sees Troy Allen Hill holding the hammer, and Troy is actually Jerry's ex-husband. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she had a domestic assault no-contact order against him. They were done. He was abusive. And he had violated this order on October 21st, October 25th, and now November 26th, the day before this incident. Oh, God. So, of course, Charles knows. Get over it. Exactly. Yeah. And you're a criminal. Like, there's charges against you, bro. Like, chill. My gosh. Anyways, so... Charles and him are now fighting. Charles was able to get the hammer away from Troy, but Troy got him in a headlock. So they're scuffling on the stairs. Charles is able to bring him downstairs near the fireplace. And that is when Jerry is on the phone with police. Like, 
here we, we are what's going on with poor jeff and becky are they just like bleeding out in bed upstairs yeah we will get to them so they're near the fireplace and charles gets the fire poker and is now hitting troy to make him stay down oh troy God. said that he's going to stay down he's done he's not going to fight anymore so that gave charles enough time to go get his shotgun and hold him at gunpoint until police got there got it okay so police, ambulance, and firefighters arrive, and they see Charles hit Troy in the butt with the butt of the gun, and then actually police arrest Charles because they oh, weren't. Oh no! I know. They put him in the handcuffs, but it 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 solves it itself out. out. Yeah, it got worked out. But yeah, you know, coming in and seeing someone with a shotgun and hitting someone is like. I, uh, I mean, it makes sense. I'm sure, yeah. but good heavens, that sucks. Yeah. So uh, officers go upstairs and sees Jeff in the doorway covered in blood. So he was trying to go and get help. And then Becky was next to the bed. So she was trying to get out as well. And they're just completely covered in Um, blood. I can't even imagine what that must look like. Absolutely not. So a lot of people from the fire department have come for the call and realizing that it is a colleague of theirs because he's a volunteer firefighter oh of course mm-hmm. <gasps> so it was just a really awful scene and everyone was down and but luckily they were able to get them help they had a life flight both of them to the hospital oh my like there God. wasn't enough time to drive them scary oh. right i feel like you've had another story where someone got beat by a hammer wasn't was it the the UFC yeah. fighter that had a hammer incident. Yes, is that what it I was? So, mm-hmm. yeah. or it was a bat. Oh, maybe that was, was a lot of. You oh, know what, no. Michelle? We got a edited. lot of stories, and yeah, <laughs> no, they all kind of blur together. It's I'm true. so paranoid now at this point that I'm going to tell a story that either you have told or I have told already. Oh, like, no, we'll know. I, that's what I like to think, but right been over a hundred (laughs) episodes it's true that is true we'll see we'll see but not this time uh so jeff had a critical jeff and becky had a critical brain injury they had to put becky on a ventilator and then they both had facial fractures uh loss of hearing and loss of vision as well oh man they must have he must have just broken all kinds of bones in their face i imagine Yep, they had numerous bone fractures in their faces. Oh, how sad. They were sleeping. Like, yeah, that's the, that's the most peaceful time. That's terrifying. It is. So Jeff states, we're lucky to be alive. They would put me to sleep at night and then call my brother and tell him we're going to put him to sleep and he's either going to wake up or he's going to pass away overnight. What? So I know. So I I think it's just for the brain injury, you know, putting him to sleep so he can heal, but it's really a gamble if he's going to wake up the next day. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Right? So this goes on for three months. Both of them are in the hospital for three months. So it's touching like the whole time? Pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. They fought for a long time, but now they both survived. And each day they are getting a little bit better. Mm. Becky's not able to work, of course. Makes sense. Uh, Jeff is trying to build back his auto business. Oh, you know, get good. some 
yeah, get some income back. But friends and family hosted a fundraiser at the raceway that included music, food, a live auction, and a raffle. The couple feels blessed and so loved by their community that they all came together to help them. They currently, right now, have a GoFundMe, and it is at $58,655, and they're trying to shoot for $250,000. Which I'm sure is, like, probably not even all of the medical bills. No, yeah. It's mostly medical bills, and of course, because Becky can't work, you know. Yeah. It adds up. It adds up so fast. It does. My God. So the fire department actually is organizing the GoFundMe, which is very sweet. So if you'd like to donate, you can uh, look up the, I'm just going to spell it, the Olivie Fire Department, O-G-I-L-V-I-E Fire Department uh, on GoFundMe. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So now the intruder, Troy. Oh, yes. I've like forgotten about him fucking completely. Good. You should. So he was also taken to the hospital because Charles, you know, beat the shit out of him. Good for him. But he was fine. Just some scratches and bruises and stuff like that. But once he was cleared, he was held at the county jail on a $1 million bail. Okay. So so they are charging. Yeah, I doubt he'll get out. They are charging him on 21 felony counts. So Hmm. two counts of first degree attempted murder, two counts of second degree attempted murder, two counts of second degree assault with a dangerous weapon and 15 counts of burglary and they well the burglary counts reflects that he entered the home with a weapon without consent to commit a crime okay so i just i guess i don't understand the 15 counts like did did, oh my god i'm stuttering all over the place did he do it 15 times or like i guess i don't know how I think that. he, because uh, he climbed up 15 stairs. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That's weird. <laughs> no, I don't know where the 15 comes from. It was hmm. 13, but then it looks like it was changed to 15. Maybe how many hits he did. I'm not quite sure how they, Yeah. You know. Or maybe it was other things as well, not just this one particular incident. I mean, it could be like a few against Becky, a few against Jeff, a few against Charles, a few against Jerry. I mean, surprised he didn't put any more domestic assault, you know, or, you know, him breaking his protective order. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, those, um, but 21 counts is a lot of felony counts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so he's currently in the jail. I will give updates as we go along, but it just happened like this past winter. So... We're still waiting on a trial or a sentencing or a plea. Yeah. Mm. I feel like I know a lot about the law these days because I've oh, been good. suits. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have decided TV is that... just like uh, real life, Michelle. Yeah. It's obvious. That's clear. <laughs> what? It's so ludicrous. That kind of show. I'm sorry. We need to come up with like a drinking game for it because it is so ludicrous is it yeah it's very entertaining though and i've been thoroughly enjoying it okay hey that's that's what's there for to be entertaining maybe i should start watching it yeah if you need a fun show that is ridiculous then yeah that's mm-hmm. your show the is other that show on... that i really like i'm sorry <laughs> what i i'm sorry jeff and becky like for getting so off topic um oh, the mick 
Have you seen that show? No. It's got Sweet D from It's Always Sunny oh. in Philadelphia. Yeah. She's like the main chick and she's like kind of a piece of shit, but with a heart of gold. And she like takes over her super also piece of shit sisters, like super rich family. It's hilarious. It's so like, anyway, I apologize for even bringing it up, but it's hilarious. Okay. No, I, I laughed so I'm hard. Really? Yeah. Back to, Back to Becky and Jeff. Yeah. Uh, it's so nice that their community, since they helped their community out so much that they turned around and also is helping them. I'd love to hear that. And how unfortunate that they were just sleeping. I mean, they were, oh, I mean like, I know. it was just this random person who was angry at his ex-wife for being in a new relationship. It's like, I, I have, yeah. no, I have no sympathy for any kind of abusers. So, uh, no. Either way, though, so brave of them. I mean, they they survived being hit in the head repeatedly with a hammer. Like that's yeah. insane. That is, I couldn't even imagine. I'm gonna probably yeah. have a hard time sleeping tonight. What's that I noise? Know. What is that? Well, you have a bunch of dogs, so hopefully they at least alert you and let you know. I don't know. God, what was it the other day? Someone walked in. Oh, Paul walked in, like from the but outside, they... came inside completely, and none of the dogs even noticed. And then they like wake up and they're like, rah, 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 and it's like, dude, we would have oh. been dead like eight times over by now. Like, come on, guys, pull it together. Yeah, that's rough. Our ring camera, uh-huh. it takes forever to get the like video to come up of like who's outside. It's like, We'd be murdered at this point before we even figured out who was coming in the house. That's true. But you know who didn't have that luxury? Jeff and Becky. But they still survived. I'm trying to bring this back. I know. I'm sorry. I'm derailing it every chance I get. (laughs) I was going to say, good job, Jeff and Becky, for being strong, for recovering, for fighting for three months. And I really hope the, the medical bills get helped out with. Yeah. Because those are crazy in the United States insane i couldn't even imagine how much they actually are oh i know they're probably like well over 700 to a million dollars if not more i mean if they had to pay that out of pocket they'd be bankrupt forever oh yeah absolutely so sad i always thought it would be so cool to have a nonprofit that just bought debt oh like old debt for people because you could buy it for pennies on the dollar and then just forgive it like you don't owe this anymore last week tonight did that they like oh, bought two million dollars yeah worth of medical debt and it's like you guys are incredible i want to do that all the time yeah no that is really nice oh my gosh the system's broken anyways keep thriving or they're thriving that's right <laughs> good job jeff and becky for surviving you're amazing stay strong and hopefully this guy's behind bars forever so yeah i also hope that uh, okay, Michelle, please move on. I cannot speak anymore. I'm yeah, going downhill, man. I know. Well, I've got a bit of a medical mystery, if you a will. A mystery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they figure it out, but spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, no more Harvey Wallbangers for you. Yeah, right. I'm probably going to have another one after this. Okay, I'm just going to apologize right away (laughs) because this takes place in Jerusalem, Israel, and there's a lot of words that I'm unfamiliar with. 
So <laughs> we're just going to persevere. I tried looking up on the how to pronounce and they yeah. didn't even show up. So. Oh no. I don't, so this is yeah. just your interpretation. I love well, it. And it's also a medical story. So we all know that medical words are not my forte. So I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. Please. Let's just, please. Let's rock this out. Love it. Okay. So this is about Daniel and uh, he is. Does he have a last name? Well, I'm not going to tell you that because it's hard to pronounce. No, oh, actually, okay. I don't actually see his last name. I think because he's a little kid. He's like three. Uh, oh, no, I think okay, they skipped yeah, it. Yeah, no. I know. Ugh. Okay. Daniel, okay. three-year-old baby. Yeah, I think. I'm depressed now. I know. So Daniel is, as I said, pretty young. I I think he's like three or four. So he goes to his parents, and this is March of 2019. So okay. we're just a few years back. So he goes to his parents because his tummy hurts. Oh. It was just perim, perim, perim. Mm. it was just Purim a Jewish holiday okay been eating a lot of candy so they didn't really think too much oh okay yeah it's like you know Halloween you know kids eat crazy amounts of candy and then they end up throwing up or just feeling sick later you know so they were like that's probably what it is but then later like the next day he started to refuse food and then started throwing up and so they got of course more concerned and so they brought him into the clinic and the doctor just assured him that it was probably just a stomach virus and it would mm. probably pass in two to three days and not to worry too much. So they were advised to have him rest and give him lots of fluids. Okay. So by the morning of day four, the pain was much worse. Poor little Daniel is in a ton of pain. He's not playing with any of his toys and he's hunched over and is feverish. And the poor little boy can't poop. So they're like, something's up. And he was pretty much not eating anything at that point. So they decided to take him to the emergency room. So off they go. So when they got to the emergency room, they met with the doctor. And the doctor said, you know, there's a very clear line between a well child and a sick child and this was clearly a very sick child you know he was his color was off he was holding his body kind of not good and the way they you know kids speak to you when they're sick it's it's clear that there's something wrong and so he was like okay this is more than a stomach virus that is clear to me so they started running more tests And kind of the tip off to the severity of Daniel's condition is that his lower right quadrant of his abdomen was very tender. So they would touch it and it would just, you know, he would obviously be in pain. And if if it's a stomach bug, you don't get that. And so they're like, okay, something's wrong. They did some blood work. It came back with a high white blood cell count, which means that (gasps) there's an infection. So there's some kind of infection going on in there. It's not leukemia or anything. Don't worry. Okay. That's what I was thinking, (laughs) like cancer or something. Okay. No, no. Just that there's an infection. All signs pointed to acute appendicitis. So they figured they needed to get in there and get his appendix out. They were a little bit, I guess, appendicitis in preschoolers is very uncommon. 
So they were like, hmm, he's a little young for this, but it's clear we need to get in there and remove his appendix. Okay. So there, you know, and of course, if you have an infected appendix, it can burst and it just sends lots of bad bacteria all over your body. So oh, it can goodness. be very dangerous if you don't handle it right away. Okay. The ultrasound seemed to confirm the diagnosis and, but they couldn't quite get a good view of the appendix. So they weren't fully sure, but they were like, you know what, no matter what it is, surgery is going to be required. So they decided, you know what, this is appendicitis. It's time to get in there and take it out. Okay. And they went, I guess for a lot <laughs> better. Um, they knew that something was going on and they needed to work fast. So within three hours of little Daniel arriving at the hospital, he was now in the operating room. Wow. So they were just like, we got to work. So the surgical team makes the incision into the abdomen and they insert the camera to sort of hunt down the infected appendix so they okay. could get a better look at it and all this stuff. And then they, they're exploring the abdominal cavity and they're looking at the monitor and they're realizing there is a whole bunch of pus. Like oh. they don't know what's going on. But then they find the appendix and it's completely normal looking. It's not really? infected. There's nothing wrong. And they're like, what the hell's going on with this kid? So they start moving the camera around more and they're sort of working their way through his intestines is what it sounds like. Okay. And they find this group of strange little ball shaped objects in his intestines. Uh-huh. Smooth and shiny, and there was various colors. There was red, violet, blue, and green. And they were like really pretty, but they don't know what they are. So what had happened is about a week ago, a week before all this happened, one of the other boys at Daniel's preschool brought in one of those magnet games with all the little balls, magnets that you could like sort of play around with. Have you seen those? And you can shape them in all different oh, ways. Oh, yes. Okay. So okay. It's just like a thousand magnets all put together and then you can like make them into a string. Push it. Yeah. And, you can do all okay. kinds of stuff. Right. So Daniel thinking it was candy from the holiday, <gasps> ate a whole bunch of them. Of oh. all these little magnetic balls. So it turns out like one of them would not have really probably been a problem. It probably would have just gone through his body harmlessly, but Daniel had consumed 18 of these magnets. And then the magnets all came together into two different bunches of magnets. Oh, that's so dangerous. Oh yeah. I know. It's like so scary. So he had these two like balls of magnets in his digestive system. So he had one sort of at the top of his small intestines, and then he had the other ball sort of lower down in his bowels. And but because of the strong magnetic attraction, the two parts of his body were sort of being pulled together in oh like in force a way that they shouldn't have been. And so it started, of course, all the tissue in your digestive system is all very delicate. Mm. Um, and it started cutting off uh, the blood supply and actually started cutting into his intestinal walls. 
and things. So he had, okay, here it comes. Okay. Daniel had a version of Valentino syndrome, which I'll look up in a second. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rare rupture in the duodenum. Uh I figure now I got to look up what that fucking means. Okay. Anyway, it pretty much causes signs and symptoms that exactly mimic appendicitis. Oh, interesting. So everyone thought he had appendicitis, but of course he didn't. Usually it's because of like an ulcer or that type of thing, which I guess back in the 1920s, Rudolph Valentino had this happen and it caused his death, which is why it's called Valentino syndrome. So he didn't even have this, but he had an ulcer that ripped through the walls of his intestines. So what was causing the pain? Was it the magnets or was it this Valentino? It was the magnets that caused the Valentino. So it was just all the damage that was being done by the magnets caused the Valentino syndrome. That's why there's pus in him. Yeah. He, so he had this like infection that was going on inside and, you know, back when Rudolph Valentino had this they thought it was a his appendix and turns out it was not as well right so that's why but I guess it's pretty rare so really what they tell kind of the story is now it's a sort of a cautionary tale in medical school that where it may look like appendicitis but actually it's a perforated intestinal wall or something it's a perforation inside your abdomen somewhere gotcha so the magnets were removed from Daniel's abdomen and the damaged tissue was able to be repaired. They were able to essentially stitch it up. Infections usually this extensive don't heal very well as it turns out. But fortunately this repair was very successful. So I guess it can cause like leaky bowel syndrome and all kinds of not fun things. So it turns out Daniel ended up needing to be on antibiotics for about a week after surgery. And then he gradually started eating again. And then about two months later, he was pretty much himself again. Oh, wow. He had, he made fortunately a complete recovery and had no lasting effects. So he feels great now, but they realized they did not realize the massive danger that magnets can hold for children so yeah (laughs) that's kind of like now we're telling people about these you know little magnet games because they're like super popular for a little while there right where you know you could buy the like little canister of magnets and it has you know like 500 magnets in it and you play around with them but keep them away from kids because man they will do some damage if they think it's absolutely oh that's so scary because also like when you're that young, how can you communicate like what happened to you or what you did or how you're feeling? It's just so scary all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, my friend at his work, his uh, one of his coworkers is actually dealing with his child had he's three, I think two or three. Turns out he had an ear infection that they didn't realize he had an ear infection and it mm-hmm. ended up infecting his got the infection got into his bones whoa so he's on all these crazy antibiotics and like the dad can't work because he's home with his kid all the time because he's having to give him all these antibiotic shots and he's under constant supervision i mean he is touch and go at this point like 
I mean, so I'm hoping he makes a full recovery, but, and that's because, you know, he was little and can't say, Hey, I have an ear infection. My ear is right. They me. don't know. Yeah. And my mom always told me, cause I had lots of ear infections when I was a baby that I would always hold my stomach. And so it looked like oh. I had a stomach ache and it wasn't, and it wasn't until like my eardrums burst and I was like bleeding out my ears that she realized that it was an ear infection and not my stomach at all. It's so, so bizarre. And I guess that's fairly common. I think it's just sort of a comforting, you're sort of getting oh. into the fetal position and, you know, trying to make yourself feel better, but it's not your stomach at all. It's your poor little ears. Poor little Michelle, little bleeding ears. <laughs> my mom said she felt awful. Oh. There, I, yeah. I mean like yeah how can you know how can you tell that's, that's exactly so you know and that's uh, always makes me worried about like the dogs and things they can't tell you what's wrong yeah and, you know I don't know what's going on why are you upset yeah. <laughs> poor little Daniel I'm so glad that you're okay and you just never know I mean Ugh. especially like at school or kids you can't watch your kids 24 hours a day you just can't you just no, can't of course not so and uh, he probably I mean I'm just so glad that they were like clearly something's wrong this yeah. kid is not suffering from the stomach flu there's something more we need to get in there and figure yeah. it out so that thank good thank goodness indeed yeah however I mean one more day could have made a difference honestly so uh, yeah uh, well good job Daniel you poor little thing I'm so sorry sweet baby oh <laughs> I just want to hug you right it's probably like oh. 10 now and it's just like right. you're a jerk <laughs> are we not sweet no that's not true I'm so sure funny. he's still sweet as hell yeah he is he's he not is <laughs> no oh my goodness all right well uh amazing stories brave people all around I love oh. hearing you know triumphs and surviving love it love it love it so uh we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Right, Michelle? Yeah. And if you have something that is going to make that Galliano delicious, yes. I want to hear about it because Please. I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> we're not believers yet. Not yet. No, we're not. This is not the seventies as it seems. No. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, okay, we'll see bye. you guys in the next time. Goodbye. <laughs> bye.